0: Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. See Dan lately? Dan?
1: Not going back to his place. Huh? So I'm in Dan's restroom and the toilet is running. Here we go. Dan says, Don't worry, just jiggle the handle. Jiggle the handle? Jiggle the handle. Solid advice. My luck, I'll jiggle it too much. An over jiggle. You never know how much to jiggle the handle. Not a jiggling expert. Just says, Jiggle the handle with no concern for the repercussions. Jiggle it wrong, the handle falls off. Water shooting out, flooding. Dave. Next thing you know, I'm buying Dan a new bathroom because I jiggled. INCORRECTLY! Dave, so what's the best case scenario? Best case? Okay, we make one call, Dan's toilet is fixed for good, no more jiggling. That's best? Well, sure, but... That's best. Best Home Services. They always have four plumbing trucks standing by waiting for last minute calls. No more jiggling. No more jiggling? This changes everything. GetBest.com When something goes wrong, we're waiting. Hi, miss Dan.
0: But not his jiggle! Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm Dave Young alongside Stephen Semple. And have you ever noticed how many mattress stores there are on every corner? I don't know if this brand is in all the stores. Tempur-Pedic. Tempur-Pedic mattresses. Are these the inventors of memory foam?
1: Well, not the inventors of memory foam, but the first to use it in a mattress okay because memory foam was actually invented the product is called viscoelastic technology and it was actually developed by nasa to keep astronauts safe yeah so basically the technology was developed by nasa and these guys licensed it and were really the first to put it you know into a mattress and and Tempur-Pedic was founded in 1992 and today it's part of the temper Sealy corporation which does over $3 billion in sales of mattresses and pillows and, and has over 7,000 employees. And usually when we tell a story about a company like Tempur-Pedic in coming together with Sealy, the automatic assumption was Sealy came along with a big bag of cash and bought Tempur-Pedic. Oh, But yeah. no, Tempur-Pedic no? bought Sealy. Oh. Isn't that There's interesting? an interesting
0: twist. Isn't that yeah. an interesting
1: twist? So Tempur-Pedic was started by Bobby Trussell, who like many of the empire founders that we've studied had no experience in the industry. In fact, his background was horse racing, not mattresses. He even had a couple of failed businesses in the horse racing industry. And here's the fun thing. He didn't invent the product or he make the product. This was about seeing an idea and being open to it.
0: Okay, so I, yeah, because I'm scratching my head. He's in horse racing, no experience in, in this, and uh, he's gonna get into the mattress biz. And he's
1: gonna get in the mattress biz. And, and so how this whole Tempur-Pedic mattress started was the, as we were talking about earlier, it was developed by Nassau, but it was licensed by, by Fagradala, a Swedish firm in 1989, and they made the very first memory foam mattress. Now, back to Bobby and horse racing. And you know, it's interesting. We were just recently in Milwaukee, and Bobby grew up in Milwaukee. And when he was 11 years old, his dad bought him a riding horse, and Bobby was hooked. By the mid-70s, he's working at Belmont Racetrack, and what he really wanted to do is work up to being a trainer. And his dad bought him what he calls a slow racehorse. <laughs> but I got him licensed as a trainer and eventually got a job at Gainesway Farm in Lexington, Kentucky and he started studying pedigrees and this soon evolved into a really high level and he was advising people on buying these you know 10 million dollar racehorse. So he he went out on his own, started stallion management services in 1986 and he's advising people on the horses to buy and it's basically a way For these smaller farms who couldn't afford someone in-house to be able to outsource this expertise. And he also started Thoroughbred Advisor Group, which was really to advise people on horse transactions. There's a lot of legalities and things like that around these transactions. And as he puts it, it was a good idea with bad timing because the horse business went into a recession. Mm. And he went broke. Like in 1991, he's got two kids. He's married. He had moved to a new house, could not sell the other house. So he now has two houses and he's a million bucks in debt. Ouch. Yeah. And what would happen is like these these pre-approved credit cards would arrive (laughs) and he'd take them up and he would basically charge groceries to the carts. Right? This is how he fed the family. And And he always had this feeling things would turn around. And he went to church And he prayed for guidance. He basically said, you know, he needs guidance. He asked for guidance, but he said it did not have to be in the horse business. He decided that whatever opportunity came along, he would just say yes. One day he gets a call, um, and it's this Swedish horse chiro company. And they have this product. Yes, Swedish horse chiropractic. Company. Yeah,
0: they're, they're on every corner <laughs> they're,
1: on, they're on every corner and they have this air cleaner that cleans horse stalls and So he decides to bring that product to the US seems like a great idea except the US has lower voltage than, than in Europe and It's price really too high. It absolutely doesn't work out but he had said he was gonna say yes to every opportunity that came along so it's 1991, he has to go over to Paris because he still has some horses there. And when he's there, he's told, he meets a few people and they say, "You yeah, look, you gotta come to, got to come see us in Sweden when you're there. There's this mattress you need to see. So he's in yes mode. And he gets introduced to Michael Madison, who owned the company that developed the first Tempur-Pedic product. And the first one was a three-inch overlay and very temperature sensitive. So it was this three-inch overlay that you would put over your regular mattress. And as we said, the technology was invented by NASA for the space program, but they did a lot of changes to it. They made it better, they made it more durable, they made it easier to make. And basically, they started making these three-inch overlays for nursing homes because it was really good for bed sores and also with people with, with bad backs. So Bobby slept on one when he was there in Sweden and he thought, this is amazing. So he comes back home, tells his wife, we're in the mattress business.
0: <laughs> Tell the with these horses.
1: <laughs> so Bobby told the manufacturer he wanted to get involved, but to get the exclusive marketing rights for North America, the agreement they came up with was Bobby needed to sell 10,000 mattresses and finance all the marketing themselves. And he was like, Wow, okay, how hard could that be? So he created (laughs) he created a marketing plan in the US, reached out to a couple of, of his old high school buddies, and they wrote what he calls the world's worst marketing plan.
0: Here's what I love about this guy so far his his eternal optimism. Yeah. Right. This is, if, if you remember the, the, the little story about the, the little kid that it gets, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little longer than this, but he's, he's locked in a, in a room that's just full of horse shit and hay. And he just starts throwing it up in the air. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's sort of this mindset, right? It's like, man, things are going to turn around. I just got to sell 10,000 mattresses. How hard could it be? That's
1: all I got to do, how hard could it be? So he writes together this business plan. As I said, they called it the world's worst business plan because they're going to sell it in truck stops because this fits in the back of those cabs and and semis,
0: right? Actually, I really like that idea.
1: Yeah, so this is the idea. And he figures he needs 500K for this. So as Bobby puts it, he approached people who had invested with him in the past and lost money on something he knew about to invest with him on something he knew nothing about. Here's
0: the thing, Stephen. These guys are, they're all used to placing bets on horses, whether it's in a race or, or just buying a slow racehorse, right? They're used to this. Yeah. This is, this is, it's not a stretch. It's a gamble,
1: right? <laughs> so anyway, he feels that they did it because they also love the product, right? So they would, they would see the product go, go, this is, this is amazing. He didn't. They got no traction on the semi truck idea, so the next thing they decided to do was put ads in chiropractic directories and try to sell this through chiropractors. Okay. And in the first year they fell a little short of the ten thousand units; they sold seventy. Uh, oh well, that's a little—that's a lot short. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And, seventy. Yeah, and he burned through the first. $500,000 in a few months.
0: If I remember these were these were expensive in the, in the early days, right? These
1: were not Well, yeah, they weren't even mattresses yet. They were first of all yeah, just they're just, a... just the cover on it. Yeah, they they absolutely were. They were like 800 bucks for a queen. So 70, yeah, 70 Those It's still it's still not a lot. It's still not a lot. Man. Yeah. So he burns through the first 500k in a few months. He has a container coming of mattresses that's going to be $70,000 and he has no way to pay for it. But he comes up with a deal with the company that's, you know, making the mattresses and they swap some equity ownership in his company for it. Cause basically he's got no leverage and he's got you know he's got nothing at this yeah. point. And he had to do this several times. But here was the issue: the cover was not selling and he was relying on chiropractors to sell us, who re- who really couldn't. It was a pad, not a mattress. You put it on a mattress, it was expensive, it was 800 bucks for a queen, but he sat down with the chiropractors and he said, what would you do?
0: Stay tuned, we're gonna wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this.
1: There you are, Tommy, got a second? Sure, Brian, what's up? I wanna start advertising, but I'm not sure if TV or radio is better. Hmm. What about magazines, billboards, social media, direct mail? Oh. Great. More choices.
0: Thanks for your help. I know. It's frustrating. That's why I met with Stephen Semple. Stephen who? Stephen Semple, the guy with the podcast about business success. A podcast guy? Really, Tommy? That's crazy. Nope. It was awesome. He talked to me for 90 minutes about my business and gave me advice that I could use right away. Yeah? How much did that set you back? Nothing. Zip. Totally free. Some business guy
1: gave you 90 minutes of his time and advice... For free?
0: That's crazy.
1: He can help you too, Brian. <laughs> yeah.
0: If he can help narrow the choices I'm in. Just sign up for a starter session. Go to the TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com. TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com? Yep. Just type in TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing.
1: And they said they would make a pillow out of the stuff. So in 1992, he came out with a pillow. He looked at it, he said, this is a unique product. What I really need to do is get this into people's hands. And there's 40,000 chiros in the United States, and he had no rep force. So what he started doing was mailing out pillows. So he would mail out, he started mailing out 500 pillows to 500 chiropractors. Big box, letter, a pillow, and it said, this pillow's free if you order four. If you don't like it, we'll come by and pick up the pillow. And he got... So think about this, this is a direct mail piece. He got 25% of the chiropractors to buy four pillows.
0: That's amazing.
1: Isn't that amazing? Like what a response rate, 25% bought.
0: I mean, everybody's thrilled if they get one or 2%, right? Right. That's knocking it out of the park.
1: Right, so the breakthrough here is he gets 125 chiropractors buying four pillows pillows a month at 49 bucks he's now doing 300k in sales right so he's got a way to get going here with the pillows but he wanted to get in the stores in november 1992 he's walking a mall in cincinnati and he shows the pillow to a manager of a brookstone store in a mall and he managed to get the phone number for the headquarters and he got a hold of the purchasing department and he's speaking to steve rich at brookstone and he sent a pillow sent a pillow over and he called a bunch of times, kept calling him. Finally, two months later, Steve Rich calls him back to tell him to stop calling. So he had been calling so many times. Dude called him back and said, can you just stop calling? But Bobby asks, like Bobby's persistent, eh? Bobby asks, have you taken the pillow out of the box? Which Steve Rich says, yeah, he did. Which he actually didn't, because five minutes later, Steve Rich is calling back saying he'd like the pitch to pitch this idea to the purchasing board. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so be a pain in the ass until somebody calls you to ask you to stop being a pain in the ass. And then, uh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so to have the foresight to ask, did you actually even open it?
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. Because that's confidence in his product because he knew if, if the guy had opened it, yeah. he'd see that this is not like every pillow you've ever and seen. And
1: obviously it came across in such and such a way where even though Steve said yes, he felt a little guilty about it and actually did it. And then went, holy crap, this is actually really good. <laughs> so they send demos to the stores and they get into the stores. And in two weeks, it becomes the hottest selling new product on Brookstone. Yeah, And this is even though it's a more expensive pillow. Brookstone has seven cheaper pillows and they're selling this pillow for 90 bucks. Mm. And it becomes one of their hottest products. And Bobby feels that some of the reason why it was successful was that it was more expensive. If it was cheaper, there was something about the price quality combo that really, really made it distinctive. Like he actually feels if it was a lower price point, it would not have worked.
0: I agree mainly because you 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 have that halo effect from it being NASA technology, yeah, and you expect that to be pricey, right Oh, this is space technology, right so even if it doesn't cost you a lot from from a from a a retailer's point of view, right if their cost in it, the fact that it's ninety dollars and more expensive than all the other pillows. Gets people's attention, yeah. first of all. Obviously got to be different than
1: everybody's pillow. Absolutely. Still got to be a better, better product. But that combination really made it stand out. And I think sometimes people can be afraid of being that higher price. But the next thing that they wanted to do was get the mattress into Brookstone. Because in 1994, they basically created a mattress. And what they did is they took a foam mattress and they did the overlays onto the mattress and basically created a product $1,300 that would work for the the US market. And they could never get the chiropractors doing the mattress. So they're getting all these Mm. sales going through chiropractors for the pillows. They got the pillows going in Brookstone. They still haven't found a way to really get the mattress going. And they did get a chain called Relax the Back, which had about 40 stores in Texas to pick up the mattress. And so, Mm -hmm. so they started being able to market the mattress. And the whole idea was around people, you know, if you've got back pain and they had these chiropractic endorsements and whatnot, but they wanted Brookstone to sell the mattress. But Brookstone stores are tiny, right? And Brookstone basically said, no, we can't do this. We can't, we can't put a mattress in our stores. Not to be deterred, Bobby started selling pillows to Sharper Image right? Mm. Brookstone's biggest competitor. And Brookstone freaked out. They said, we don't want you to do that. they said, we want you to pull the pillows out of sharper image. And basically, Bobby said, we'll pull the pillows out of sharper image if you sell the mattress. So they said, all right, we'll sell the mattress. And so now the mattress is in 200 stores of Brookstones and they're selling one per store every six weeks is how it starts off. And then it's oh, one, that's
0: kind of slow. And
1: then it's one every four weeks. And then it's two a week. And they started getting this momentum. And parallel to this, they started running ads in the New Yorker magazine and Wall Street Journal. And what they found was when they ran those ads, sales jumped in the stores near where those ads were being distributed. And now they felt we could be anywhere because these ads drove the store sales. And you know, at the time, the market was dominated by Sealy's and Simmons and Spring Air—all these inner spring mattresses—and they all were sold on price and terms. That was how it worked. And then along came 2000, and there was all these different Tempur-Pedic distributors all over the place, like in different countries and whatnot. And they merged them all into one company. And the U.S. was doing 60% of all the sales, and Bobby became the CEO of that. And they took out. Outside investment, they raised 350 million dollars and bought the Swedes out, and then three months later, took the business public. And you know, in 2006, 2007, Memory Foam became really, really big. And then in 2012, Tempur-Pedic bought Sealy, and that's now a market cap of like two and a half, you know, two and a half billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. And this all started from a guy who was in the horse business <laughs> with a million dollars in debt, having no idea what to do, but saying, I'm going to say, I, I believe things are going to turn around and I'm going to be open to any opportunity, even if it's not in the horse business. I'm just going to say yes.
0: I love it. I love it. And, and here's the thing. This is, a, to me, this is one of the lessons here and it, it has nothing to do with mattresses. It just has to do with saying yes. And if you feel like you're, you have the capacity for that level of optimism, that you just are like, no, I, I know something good's going to happen. There's a pony in here somewhere, There's right? a pony in here if, somewhere. If you have that kind of a mindset, you're going to eventually find something that you can succeed with. And if you don't have, if that, if that mindset makes you a little twitchy, and you go, oh, I could never, I could never do that, that's just too, that's too much risk, you're probably better off working for a salary somewhere.
1: No question, no question. Now there's two other things that he did in addition to this saying yes, because saying yes got him out the gate. But there's two other yeah. things that he did that I think is really important. And one is when it wasn't working, when the mattress idea wasn't working, he listened to his market he went out and talked to the chiropractors and they said do a pillow and he didn't go well we're in the mattress business he did a pillow
0: chiropractors don't have room to display a mattress either right
1: he remained persistent with the pillow because even though the pillow was selling through chiropractors he still wanted to get it in the stores and he stayed persistent with brookstone Mm -hmm. but he never gave up on the mattress he still cycled back to the mattress and the other lesson that he learned was he didn't become completely reliant on the stores and a lot of times people think oh i've gotten the stores i don't have to do anything he figured out that if you ran these ads it pushed traffic to the stores and increased the momentum at the stores so he really like he really kept at this really kept at well, this I,
0: I think there was probably I'm, I'm just guessing here but if you're running those ads in those markets, mm-hmm. you know, New York City, even if they don't go to their local Brookstone store, right, maybe that's a, a bit, of, they, they know in the back of their mind, well, I got a trip coming up. Right. I got, and I know there's a store in the airport. Yes. I'll see one of these mattresses, you know, when, when I'm flying out to LA six weeks from now. Right. Right. And so, so you have that in the back of your mind and you've always got a little free time at an airport if, if you're like, me yes (laughs) right I I don't get limoed straight up to the up to the ramp like you do (laughs) but but so so it's it's always kind of interesting to have a have a little plan when you're in the airport and go well I know where the Brookstone store is
1: yeah and the ads drove that traffic which all of a sudden meant once he figured that out he controlled his destiny because he could run ads everywhere
0: So many people have trouble sleeping that it's like i'll roll the dice on a on a different kind of mattress Yep. right what what else isn't working i might as well try something else that maybe it'll work maybe it won't but if it does you're super happy
1: yeah they started with this crazy little idea you know where he was just you know saying yes and and being positive being optimistic being persistent listening to his market not relying on the a stores, learning how to get control of his destiny with the advertising, and the next thing you know, what you actually had was this interesting story where we're normally reading about Sealy buying tempur and oh no, tempur buying Sealy.
0: David bought Goliath. David yeah, bought Goliath. Yeah. Uh, that's a cool story. I'm I'm glad you shared that with us. I think it's cool to find somebody that's that's willing to just say yes and and keep at it. Yeah. And tempur everywhere now.
1: They are. They are. Right, they it's are a everywhere. Big deal.
0: You'll, you'll find that brand name somewhere in Walmart. Everywhere.
1: And, there, and there's so many memory foam mattresses now too. They really, yeah. they really created that. They really created that industry.
0: They created the whole category. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing that one.
1: All right. Thanks, David. Glad you enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at
1: the com.